I still smell like mice and ash from his bedroom. Desperation drips from my sleeves. Pick me, pick me, an ugly monster stuffed in a dress. Our new wounds are reflections of our old wounds. This becomes a loop because we haven't healed the root. Some days my higher self resides in this earthly body. Other days I wear my scars out like hot couture, bleeding on each passerby. He told me my intuition was just me being crazy. <laughs> he patted my head and then went on the prowl. I keep waiting, waiting, allowing myself to be prey, mangled, crushed. Does anyone have any duct tape or super glue to get these bones back together? army crawling through a landmine, hoping to find community on the other side. And boom, the bomb goes off. And I am alone again. Alone, smelling like ash and mice. This time, there won't be a funeral, just a resurrection. The prey in me will be laid to rest and the huntress shall come alive. See, Persephone showed us there's sweetness in the underworld if we just suck the pomegranate seed and let the blood rush down. Sometimes a god must go to sleep to survive. I'm an insane, sexual, shadow witch, and my name is Lacey Free, and I'm the fucking host of Horrorpod. Welcome to Horpod, the underworld, the underworld edition. The underworld episode is an extension of the Dark Goddess episode, or more of a parallel existence to the Dark Goddess, or maybe a complementary let us explore the underworld together. The underworld itself is the subconscious. To live in the subconscious is to be the living dead. When we choose energy of subconscious, we are choosing death. 
during life. This doesn't mean it's bad or negative. Sometimes we go to the subconscious or unconscious to survive. The loss of consciousness in itself mimics death and is used as a ritual or a passage to the underworld. Those who go against social norms in society are considered those who are a part of the underground energy, the underworld energy. Those who go against the social norms are those who are cast into the shadows, who may be looked at as evil or dark or bad. That's why we honor and resurrect the energy force of the dark goddess. Because the dark goddess wasn't bad. She was just banished to the earth and to the underworld. But we see this in everyday society as well. We use it in our language. And what do I mean when I say we use the energy of the underworld in our language? When something is secret, illicit, or illegal, we use language as underground, undercover, on the down low, under wraps, subpar. When someone is speaking with moral superiority, they use words like high ground, upstream, above board, upright. And this goes back to the mythology of the sky masculine gods banishing the dark feminine to the earth and to the underworld. So the sky, the stars, the sun, that's all energy of the masculine gods. Well, as the earth and the underworld is energy of the feminine gods. Sun represents masculine, bright, force, strength, energy. Moon is the divine feminine, the dark goddess, the deep, dark ocean, the underworld. And this isn't about which one or this or that. This is the integration of both. And within ourselves, we represent consciousness and we represent our unconscious or our subconscious. Some believe the subconscious is our connection to our higher self, our soul truth. The energy around the underworld is the energy of descending, of descent. Now, each of us embodies the underworld within us. And in mythology, there are certain gods who choose to go to the underworld. And then there's certain gods who are casted or forced into the underworld. And words are spells. Words are poetry. And the word descend is the energy of falling downward. She descended into the underworld. My guides told me recently I was having 
uh, some plant medicine and exploring different depths within my own realm. And my guides popped up and said, we are in the underworld. Lacey, we are in the underworld right now. And that there's certain gods who have consciously chosen to be in the underworld. And then there's certain gods who have been, who have descended, who have fallen down here or been cast in the shadows. Now, I don't see life as literal and literal people scare me, man. I'm a poet. So try not to take what I'm saying in any of my episodes too literally, but I see everything as poetry or spell or ritual. So when I hear that the gods are here in the underworld, what I hear is that there are certain magic beings who are kind of stuck in this human avatar, trying to live a human existence, whatever human means. Human meaning the social construct of rules, obligation, that is led by the simulation, the matrix. And as we humans are trying to navigate the simulation, the matrix, part of our magic dissipates or leaks out of our energy field. And it's sort of the goal of the matrix to be the supreme being. And to be a god stuck in an avatar just means you are actually in control of your magic. You are, you have more control than the simulation in your external environment. And this doesn't even mean that the simulation or the matrix is bad. It's more like a course or a level in the video game that we're playing to gain more insight to gain more superpowers, to gain healing and new codes. Now the word descend and descent is such similar words. The energy of descend is the energy to fall down, spiral down into the underworld. Well, descent is to express or hold opinions that go against societal norms. So if you have an opinion or a theory that is provoking or questioning of a societal norm, for example, if you don't believe time is linear, and you actually speak of timelines or the spiral of time, that could be considered in societal norms as dissent. Having a different opinion. And I think this is really similar to the energy of dissent, the energy of spiraling downward into the underworld. Because for the matrix to survive, we can't all become conscious. The matrix energy is the energy of forcing people asleep. For us to become conscious, 
we would have opinions that go against societal norms. But once you have those sort of opinions or insights or theories, there is a program in the matrix, a system that automatically pushes you out and forces you to descend upon the underworld, forces you to go hide into the shadows while the rest of the community or society can look at you as bad or evil or gross or dark energy, low vibe. Really, you were speaking a truth that tapped into a higher truth. So when you have an uprising or a movement, it's when a group of people or a person makes the subconscious conscious. So I think it's not a coincidence that a lot of people are tapping into their superpowers right now this last year. Well, there's been so many uprisings, so much civil unrest. And even listen to the words that were just spoken. The words uprising, the word uprising, that in itself is an energy of coming from the dark shadows, the truth that has been buried and pushing against the grain to be born, to grow. So an uprising is a truth coming from the underworld, from the subconscious to the conscious. Now, the simulation, our culture, masculine structures in the world, I don't mean gender, I just mean the masculine structures like government, healthcare, the banking system. When we uprise, those structures get shook, they shake. And then they go into a fear response of being destroyed. Because when we tap into the subconscious, we awake parts of ourselves and then we wake up parts of those around us. Whenever we wake up something within ourselves, and when I say wake up something, come to an inner truth, an inner understanding, tap into our divinity. Whenever we tap into our own divinity, we are tapping into the divinity of the collective. Whenever we do healing on ourselves, we are providing healing for the collective. So this energy of the uprising shakes these masculine structures. And then the structures banish and push the uprising back down. For example, last summer, with the tragic case of George Floyd, a lot of people including me, including people who've never protested before, were out on the streets speaking of injustice. And yes, there's clout chasers. Yes, there's people who do it for the wrong reason. But there was also people coming together, shaking the masculine structures in a way that we haven't seen them shake in this lifetime. And it scared people. And it is scary because it's death energy. 
its destruction energy so that there can be rebirth. And people who have sort of been blinded in their own privilege were waking up to their privilege in a new way. Even just using the term Karen derogatory is still a sort of uprising and, and waking up the fact that there are white people, white women who have caused harm on others based on their privilege. Now this is all like uprising energy and and it's calling forth our own shadows, our own personal shadows, and then the shadows of the collective. Well, the masculine structures cannot have this uprising because there will be a death and a rebirth. There will be a death of the old world and a rebirth or a new birth of a new world. This is nothing new and it goes back to ancient mythology. And those who uprise get casted out as evil, dark. Oh, they're just trying to destroy buildings. They're destroying property. Oh, these are the menace of society. The people who do the uprising get shot back down into the underworld, casted out again. And the menace of society can be looked upon we scuff at the menace of society. We roll our eyes. But in the dark corners of the urban underworld, like in the back alleys, in the subways, in the dingy, gunky clubs, you find spirits that linger there. You find ancient wisdom in the corners and under the rugs. But many aren't brave enough to sit with the people who come out at night. Not everyone's brave enough to go into the dive bar or the motel with the blinking sign. Oftentimes the dark is a portal to wisdom. The dark can be a portal to our own light. The dark goddess shined her light on the shadows and when she did the masculine sky gods banned her to the underworld see the dark goddess was so feared because she spoke the truth that lingered on other people's tongues but she spoke it as they were swallowing making the underworld sound evil so that the subconscious doesn't become conscious we don't see the abuse happening right in front of our face so that we can easily turn the other cheek and go back to work. Turn on our TV. The underworld isn't void of light, always. Sometimes in mythology, you go into the underworld and it's really fucking bright. Like so bright that it's blinding. But it's not bright with the source energy. The source energy meaning the sun. The sun helps activate superpowers. The sun is very healing for the gods. But sometimes the underworld is so bright, but it's bright with artificial light, the simulation, the simulation light. Now, artificial light thrives when people are not conscious, when people aren't tapped into their own power. 
artificial light promotes artificial interaction, artificial physicality, artificial sex. Light from the source, light from the sun enhances sex. It helps the pineal gland, the third eye. It awakens us to our past and our future timelines. The underworld is a place where souls live when parts of them have already died. It can be a place for those who are spiritually dead or asleep. Those who have been exiled from the ordinary world. Now, when my guides came to me and remember, don't take everything I say too literally. I may be insane, an insane poet. But when my guides came to me, they were like, Lacey, this energy around the underworld being evil or scary, it's a trick. It's a trick to get you to submit to the artificial light, for you to be more artificial. Now, the energy of the underworld, the true underworld, is the energy of the subconscious. It's the energy of emotion, of feeling, of death, of rebirth. It's a void space. Now, for the simulation to thrive, we have to believe in the artificial power. And the only way that the matrix and the simulation can survive is if we're consenting to giving our power away to the artificial sun. But in that, our own power is being diminished. Our own power is converting into depression, into anger, into apathy. Apathy. Apathy is the most powerful emotion of the simulation. It's the feeling of you sort of care or you really care, but too overwhelmed, can't do anything about it. Gotta go to work. Gotta, gotta do this. Gotta do that. And I get so apathetic myself. We all do. But the cool thing about apathy is it's not an emotion to feel guilty about or to have shame about. The cool thing about apathy is it doesn't necessarily sit right in the body. It's uncomfortable, but uncomfortable in like an irritating way. And whenever we feel irritation in the physical body, that is a divine messenger of choose another path or rework the path or speak to your guides, or look around for synchronicities. Sometimes the best way to find magic is talking to what is making us not feel good. Talking to the parts of us that feel irritated and listening deeper to that. When we start to feel apathy, that's like an energy of wanting to help others, but our own cup not being full. So we just get really overwhelmed. So apathy can be such a beautiful messenger of hydrate your own body, of filling up 
your own cup. It's not as overwhelming to tap into the collective energy to help others when we are hydrated, when we are tapping into the magic of water, when we are filling our own cup so full that it leaks out into the collective. Now, I am a hypocrite and I go into apathy a lot personally, but right now I'm learning to fill up my own cup to find the natural springs and do magic within them. To soak in the hot springs while looking at the stars. To soak in the hot springs is to be immersed in the underworld. Ah, oh, that's so cool. I did not think of that till right now. I love them. It's, it's such immersing earth energy and just below the underworld energy. And to be in a hot spring that that's naturally occurring while looking up at the stars, you're connecting to the gods within you that represent the sky and the underworld. We descend into the underworld so that we can get the codes, so we can learn more to ascend to the galactic. We chose this darkness to learn more about ourselves, to learn more about the collective. Now, some people see the underworld as an inversion of the ordinary world, meaning it's the ordinary world flipped upside down. So if we're in the underworld right now, then we're in some sort of version of the underworld that's flipped upside down but to integrate with the earth gods and the sky gods at the same time that's an integration of as above so below that's like an integration of sky god underworld and earth god and everything i believe in is integration I love how Jessa says it's not this or that, it's this and that. It's not that we are supposed to just worship the masculine and live in masculine structure. It's not that we're supposed to destroy the masculine and just live in a feminine structure and worship the feminine only. It's an integration of the two. In most mythology, it's either a story of the stars, the planets, or a lesson of the herbs and plants and fruit. I believe that because in our simulation, in the hologram of our experience, the plants are their own spirit guides. That's why I'm so in love with herbs. And I see herbs as synchronicities. I think they choose you they choose certain people like I've been really obsessed in doing a lot of magic with the lilac bush and then all of these rapid memories started showing up of my great grandma having a lilac bush outside of her house and how we would cut the lilacs and smell them and I have pictures of me and her holding them and it's just such a flower that is 
stood out and resonated in my life. And I believe that is because it chose a long time. If herbs just start popping up in your head or in your psyche or in your environment, they could be a messenger of something deeper. Like for me, lilacs are sweet, gentle protectors. They ward off negative energy. That's such a sink in my life. And I love the color lilac. It's protective. But lilac is a, is a messenger of the earth and underworld gods and a healer and a protector of it. We're made of stars and we eat the earth gods, which are the plants, which are us, which are a reflection of us. We're made of stars and we get our nutrients from the spirit of plants. Remember Persephone, the dark goddess, the queen of the underworld. Persephone represented the maiden. Now, you've heard me talk about the triple goddess before, right? The maiden, the mother, and the crone. Horpat is named sort of after the energy of the crone. Well, the maiden is the daughter energy. Youthful, bright, beautiful. And Persephone is also called Kor, K-O-R-E. Kor means daughter, maiden. Persephone was the daughter of Demeter. Demeter was the goddess of harvest, fertility. Now, Demeter and Persephone represent the maiden and the mother. And Demeter was uh, inflicting the mother wound onto Persephone, meaning there was strife and conflict and sort of obsession between them. Demeter did not let Persephone out of her sight. She didn't want her wandering the streets alone. She wanted total control over the energy of her daughter, of Persephone. She wanted no man to touch Persephone. She was afraid that if Persephone got touched or the lustful gaze of a man hit Persephone's body, that Persephone would no longer be the maiden that she would be forced and rushed into becoming the mother. Now, for mothers, having your daughter become the mother is sometimes terrifying. It sometimes can shake your own identity. This is where the energy of the empty nest comes from. Now, Demeter wanted Persephone to be her, to be sweet and beautiful and innocent and docile and easily controlled. As mythology tells us, Hades captured Persephone and took her as prisoner into the underworld. And one of the first things Persephone realized when she got to the underworld is that it wasn't very far below the surface of where she was already living. It wasn't this burning fire tomb of hell, but a place of damp shadows, of water, of sex, of mystery, of interlockings of wisdom. And she 
fucking hated Hades. First, Persephone could not stand that motherfucker. But then, she felt his fingertips on her arms. He rubbed his fingertips between her hands, felt the softness of her skin, kissed her up and down, and she got chills, goosebumps. Part of the darkness was making Persephone become more alive. Part of the pleasure of the sex with Hades was invoking her own personal power. The sex from Hades was invoking Persephone's own personal power, allowing her to break away from the constructs and control and ideology that her mother was trying to force her to live in. The sex in the underworld was liberating who Persephone thought she could be. But she still kind of wanted to leave, you know? It was different. It rocked her world. She thought Earth was only one way, and then the next day woke up in the underworld. But really, in the underworld is where Persephone saw the reflection of herself, without the gaze of the mother wound or the hovering of the father. Now, Demeter finally found Persephone in hell, in the underworld. And when she did, Persephone was like, oh, mom, yes, let's go. Finally, you saved me. And Hades was like, what about the sweetness of the underworld? What about the raw truth that he is here? What about the wisdom you've gained by coming into the shadow, Persephone? You're just going to leave? You're just going to leave this? Persephone's like, I got to go with my mom, dog. I got to go. I'm sorry. Thank you for the orgasms. I'm out of here. And then he handed her the pomegranate. And he said, you can go, but please taste the sweetness with me before you leave. And Persephone opened the pomegranate and the blood red juice started dripping down her fingers, dripping down her thighs. Persephone and Hades both sucked the seed of the pomegranate. To eat the food of a place binds you to the place. So in magic, if you go somewhere and you eat something, it will bind you to that energy till you digest it. Does that make sense? That's why there's a lot of um, kitchen witches because they cook in the kitchen and to cook to make food is a spell, especially when you're using plants and herbs. So Persephone sucks the seed of the pomegranate and tastes that the underworld does provide the sweetness. That to get to the underworld is just like going through the pomegranate. You have to break open the hard shell of yourself to get to the sweetness, to the juice, to the seed that is ready to be sown. Once Persephone ate that seed, she brought her unconscious to the conscious realm 
meaning she was able to speak her truth to her mother. Our truth sets us free always. Not that I'm always good at it, but it can be scary. It can shake up the system, rock the boat. But when we are in our truth, we shine light on the shadows. When we shine a light on the shadows, we enable our own seed to grow. Persephone sucked those seeds of the pomegranate and pronounced her love for the darkness, for the underworld, allowing herself to become queen of the shadows. Now, I don't think it's a coincidence that the fruit in the myth was the pomegranate. Witches have historically used the pomegranate in love and sex rituals. The pomegranate has been used in sex magic and love rituals. It's been known in history as the fertility and sexual enhancer. Pomegranate is also used in spells of breaking open new cycles, death, rebirth. Pomegranate is one of the most exciting fruits in sex magic. But pomegranate is also really amazing for the uh, physical health. Drinking pomegranate can boost your immune system. It has a ton of vitamin C in it. It also, the seeds have a lot of fiber, so it's super good for your digestion. Are you guys getting enough fiber? You need a lot of fiber right now. I'm really feeling fiber, fiber, fiber. The pomegranate lowers the physical blood sugar in the body, so it can be an amazing aid for type 2 diabetes. It makes your skin glow. It revives and hydrates the skin. So remember when we've talked about music before, mucus is really dangerous in the body and mucus can create stagnation. And the pomegranate is very hydrating with antioxidants. And it improves your memory. So when Hades gave Persephone the pomegranate, it helped her remember her own ancient wisdom. And it gave her memory of of her actual powers, her actual codes. You can eat the pomegranate in ritual to tap in to your ancient memories. This is an ode to Persephone, the goddess of the underworld. She taught us that when we ignore the underworld, when we ignore the darkness or the shadows, we just give it power. Now, after she ate that pomegranate seed, she decided to spend half of the year on earth and half in the shadows. And this mythology helps us understand why we have seasons, that we have time of the sun energy, the summer, and then we have time of the shadow, the winter, the fall. Persephone embodied and knew that that when we ignore the shadow, we are increasing our own unconscious. We are suppressing ourselves. We become stagnant in the denial of the shadow. But when we go into the underworld and 
have a willingness to taste its sweetness, allowing our skin to get damp and moist and having our feet planted into the darkness, the roots, touching the roots of who we are or who we could be, then we gain wisdom. We gain depth and bravery and consciousness enabling us to transmute. See the darkness underworld, the lingering shadows, can be a place where we find our wisdom. Some gods even consciously choose to go into the void space, the darkness of the underworld, to crack codes, to gain the wisdom. So if you're a god in this life right now, and when I say god, you know what I'm talking about, an autonomous being who's in control or plays a role of their direct environment, and you feel like you keep going asleep or unconscious or into the void space, don't beat yourself up for that. I don't think we should beat ourselves up for the moments we walk into the underworld because when we walk there, we're taking on the energy of bravery, the energy of courage, the energy of strength. To face the mystery is to crack the code. So if you're a god that is asleep, you're being held in the womb space of the dark goddess. And you may be downloading or gaining knowledge that you're not consciously aware of yet. But we just have to be careful that we don't complain about it too much or beat ourselves up or linger in the doubt of, oh, I'm not downloading or I'm not doing this or I'm asleep. That's giving the sleep, that's, that's giving the artificial energy around it power Instead of being like, I'm offline in the underworld right now because I'm gaining knowledge. When we sleep, we go into the dark energy. We go into the void energy, into the astral plane. And we do so much healing and downloading there that sometimes we consciously don't know at all. So don't beat yourself up and we mustn't beat each other up just because we're taking journeys or voyages into our own subconscious, into the womb of the dark goddess. To go to the underworld is to transmute. It's to come out uprising. We descend to ascend. I love you guys. If you want to support Horipod, I now have a Patreon. You can pay $5 for it, $10 for it, $20 for it, you all get the same thing. $900 for it a month. Whatever you want, really. And there will be spells on it. I'm going to do more information on the pomegranate and spells this week. And there will be a weekly live. I'm so excited to talk with you more. And see you on there. The Patreon is bigger than just the content on it. It's a way that you can support Horpod and support me doing Horpod and getting more guests on it 
and going deeper into the herbs, into the body. Thank <laughs> you.